Hey everyone, you're listening to the Aquademia Podcast, your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. One thing we want to do on this show is highlight some of the amazing innovations in the seafood industry. As we mentioned in the trailer and in a bunch of our episodes, there's some pretty incredible and influential things happening in seafood, and we want to make sure that people know about them. We recently attended Seafood Expo North America in Boston, Massachusetts, where we were able to sit down with a lot of industry professionals and talk about what they're doing to move the industry forward. We'll do a Cena recap episode where we share a collection of these short interviews, but a couple of them will be featured as their own episode highlighting a few of these innovations. This first Seafood Innovation episode has us sitting down with Kareem Kermali, who is the CEO of a company called Vera Maris. One of the biggest hurdles when it comes to sustainably farming seafood is feed production, specifically the collection and use of fish meal and fish oil. Veramaris is creating an omega-3 rich protein oil from fermented algae that can be used in fish feed. This could be a game changer for sure. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Kareem. And with that, let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again for the Aquademia podcast. My name is Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And today we're sitting down at the Seafood Expo North America in Boston with a very special guest. We're sitting down with Kareem Kermali, who is the CEO of Vera Maris. Kareem, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. This is a pretty special event. There's a lot of really important brains in the in the room today, and we Absolutely. were lucky to be able to snag one for an interview. So we really appreciate you sitting down with us. Hey, pleasure is mine. So, Kareem, why don't you give a quick background of kind of where you came from and what how you got to where you are, and then we'll talk about kind of what you're doing. Yeah, I grew up in Mombasa, which is uh, off the coast of Kenya. Mombasa is an island. And most of my childhood, during the weekends, I used to spend my, uh, my great free time in, in rock pools, enjoying and being fascinated by marine life. And one thing led to another, and I ended up in the UK actually doing a marine science degree and then a PhD, funny enough, in aquaculture on nutrition. And thereafter, I actually moved to human nutrition, animal nutrition, and now I'm back full circle to aquaculture with a company called Vera Maris, which is actually a joint venture between DSM and Evonik. And where's Veramaris, uh, where's the main headquarters? Okay, Veramaris is situated in the Netherlands in a place called Delft at the DSM Biotech Center. But we have facilities, production facilities in Slovakia, in Kingstree, and in Blair, Nebraska. Is the uh, headquarters in Nebraska, is that relatively new or has that been there for a, a while? Because there's some interesting things that are happening yes. there. Actually, it's a, it's a new site. It's an industrial scale site producing uh, natural marine algal oil. Uh, rich in uh, omega-3 EPA DHA fatty acids and this is important for the aquaculture industry uh, allow me to explain why yeah, oh, yeah I'd love to, I'd love the to, main reasons we have you yeah. here to explain yeah I'd love to take a step back yeah, sure. and Go ahead. Uh, have you explain why you're doing this and what the need is and then and then we'll get into what uh, okay. Veramaris, Good. what Veramaris Good. is doing Good. so one of the key points about aquaculture is aquaculture has been growing quite uh, rapidly in the recent past yes close to 3 to 5% per year. And actually, aquaculture has done a fantastic job in production of seafood, in particularly fish farm. However, there is a challenge that the aquaculturists are facing, 
and that challenge is there's a limiting amount of fish meal and fish oil in the world's oceans. As you're probably aware, we're actually currently fishing the world for world's oceans for omega-3 fatty acids. Yep. And this is not increasing in supply. So it's a finite resource. And this is where basically Veramari steps in. We're able to produce omega-3 EPA DHA fatty acids actually on land. So there is no real requirement to actually go out into the sea and fish for omega-3. We can actually produce it on land. And so I just want to cut you off right sure. there. Um, for any listeners who might not be as as savvy to some of the science sure. behind this, yeah. um, omega-3s is one of the main reasons why nutritionists recommend that you eat a lot of you know more seafood exactly. twice a week. Yep. It's something that our body cannot produce enough of itself, and so we need to get it from our food, and seafood is the best resource for that. And the fish that we consume obtain that in the oils from the food that they consume, and so that's why we've been getting it from the fish. So even with farmed fish, you're still impacted, having a wild stock impact by harvesting those. So to, to catch everyone up on what that kind of what some of the science lingo means, you know, yeah. the oils are necessary to be in the fish's feed to get those omega-3s so we can eat them and get them in our bodies. Exactly. And omega-3, uh, Sean, you quite rightly said, is not only important for humans, but it's also important for the fish health. In fact, a large number of uh, studies have shown that EPA, DHA, omega-3 fatty acids are also important to fish, particularly as they're grown today. So it's a fish well, uh, animal welfare exactly, issue as well. Exactly. And fish today is the best vehicle for us humans, consumers, to actually t intake omega-3 fatty acids. So you're quite right. That's why fish farming is so critical. It's one of the best vehicles for omega-3 fatty acid intake. And as you probably know, we need we require about 250 milligrams per day of omega-3 EPA DHA. And that's the minimum recommendation. The optimal actually is 500 milligrams per day. So are you eating fish twice a week? I hope so. We try to <laughs> eat. We're, we're eating. My family eats <laughs> fish at least once a week. Good. Um, my wife just had a baby, so we've yeah. been careful about what fish we've been eating. But we've yeah. been trying to get a little bit more to get that brain food in. No, um, good. But good. I've made it a mission, especially yeah. since we started the podcast, to yeah. really in, yeah. increase our seafood consumption. Yeah. You know, yeah. we live in America, so it's it's a harder sell to exactly. <laughs> to, to exactly. get people to yes. eat more seafood. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we're we're trying to. Yeah. And you're right, omega sure. three is critical, particularly EPA and DHA, for brain development yep. and heart health. And that's why you need these two molecules. And that's why fish oil was so important and is still so important for, for aquaculture. The only thing is, as I mentioned, there's insufficient supply. Yeah, the fish oil and fish meal exactly. is a big topic in, exactly. in the seafood industry. And people are exactly. always going back and forth. We, we had a debate at our goal conference. Uh, uh, we had a round, not, it wasn't a round table. It was mm. more of just a panel, panel discussion. Panel yeah. discussion about yeah. fish meal, fish oil, responsible sourcing of those uh, those products yeah. and stuff, and it got pretty heated. It was a pretty heated debate. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Because there's one other advantage, actually. You know, there's a lot of uh, talk about, is aquaculture a net protein producer? Now, the beautiful thing about the algal omega-3 that we produce is actually we can enable farmers to become net protein producers because they can reduce their reliance on fish oil such that actually they're producing one kg of salmon with less marine ingredients. And I think that is the way retailers want to see us go. They want protein production to be net protein production. Yep. And that's another thing that Veramaris enables us to do. And that's where we've got a lot of feedback from, from our client base, is going from where they are today to become a net protein producer 
is actually what they want to achieve because that's a it's a big level of improvement for the aquaculture industry yeah if you can combine yeah. this algal oil with a meal that uses maybe soy soy based meal more with a higher percentage of soy meal instead of fish meal then that's a pretty that's a the step in the right direction for sure yeah. um, i want to go through can you take us through kind of the process of how you that you take to create this oil um, sure, in kind of sure. general terms? Yeah, sure. Uh, let me let me start with something which might be interesting to, to, to the audience is actually these algal strains actually started with the NASA moon program. Oh, really? Yes. In fact, one of the key issues was how do you remove carbon dioxide? Mm -hmm. And if you do put man on the moon or on planet Mars, how do you enable them to consume nutrients? And what NASA scientists, together with people who were working with Martin Marietta at that time, discovered was algae was an ideal uh, bug to A, provide omega-3 fatty acids to humans, vitamins, minerals, and at the same time was able to quench carbon dioxide. And these scientists spun off and created a company called Martech. And one of our uh, scouts actually spotted Martech and DSM actually purchased Martech and with Martech came a whole library of different algal strains from the Pacific Ocean and other oceans and we're simply taking one of them and fermenting it like one would brew beer in massive tanks in Blair, Nebraska. Yep. And what happens is as these algal strains grow, as the algal grows, it actually converts more and more into uh, substrate into omega-3 fatty acids and we are basically extracting that from the algae so it's simply like fermentation like brewing beer so you're fermenting the microalgae al the algae yes. with the sugars from exactly. the corn yep yeah. and well, then sugars from we can use sugars and that's a great thing about our algae we can use sugars from a variety of sources oh, okay yeah cool. so that's the beautiful thing so uh, and then you centrifuge it to separate the oils exactly from then the we separate the oils other product and yes. you and this was fascinating we were reading up mm. on how it works on your website yeah. and so yeah. you there's really zero waste in this exactly and the there's waste, almost no byproduct exactly yeah. and the waste from the algae we can actually use it to either biogas production or more likely is actually put it into cattle feed so we've got a zero waste facility in So Blair, it's used Nebraska. as like a meal that goes into exactly, cattle grain. Because it's still high in protein and, and other uh, minerals. Then why yeah. would that not be used in um, in fish feed? Our perspective is we want the omega-3 EPA DHA as an oil. Now why is that important? Is if you have it as a powder, you can only replace so much in fish feed because the powder takes up space. But with oil, you're simply adding an oil and you can reduce the amount of canola oil that is used or the amount of fish oil so it does not take up space but if it was a, if it was powder you would actually take up space in the feed formulation right, and that's okay. why when we talk to the industry and we offered them the choice of either powder or oil in fact all of them said please bring us an oil and that's why we go for the extraction and the oil separation fascinating yeah. and there was a strategic uh, i'm guessing that there was a strategic reason why you chose nebraska was that just because of the... Well, one is obviously, uh, I would say, the, the state of Nebraska was very favorable. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing. The second thing is we actually have uh, a talented pool of people already based in Nebraska who are experts in fermentation technology because they're yep. using fermentation for other uh, products as well. Yep. And when you've got a pool base like that, 
rather than relearn skills elsewhere and relocate personnel, yep. it was easier to use that and accelerate. And that's why right now, if you think about it, we were born 30th of January last year. And in a few months time, our plant in Blair, Nebraska is going to switch on. And that's fast. Yes. That's exciting. That's fast, right? That is and very fast. we can do yeah. that <laughs> because of the talented pool of people we already have in Blair, Nebraska. Had we done relocation and looked for different sites, it would be been for sure longer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're on a fast track mode and hopefully within uh, a few months you'll hear. In fact, our official opening is July the 10th. July 10th. So it's Fantastic. literally uh, just around the corner. So is, uh, is this oil available to the industry already? Or is oh, it yes, still, yes, for is sure. It being, it, and it's being used already? It's AU being used already. We've actually grown Norwegian salmon on it. We've actually had a luncheon, uh, in fact, last week in, in Bergen. Oh, well, thanks for the invite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, st we started actually selling uh, last year. Because remember, okay. whilst Blair is the industrial scale facility, I also have two other You've facilities. You've been doing it at two yes, other exactly. places. Yeah. One in King Street and one in Slovakia. So yeah, we've That's been fantastic. selling uh, to, to the market and you can actually purchase salmon. And in fact, most uh, quite a lot of salmon will be coming on the market for the Easter campaign, okay. both in Germany and in France. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. So if we, so, so for some of our listeners, if they want to learn more about this, sure. where where can we direct them? Well, one is the website. Okay. The Vera Maris. Uh, the website, website is fantastic. Yeah. And it's got a lot of information there. And we talk about the zero waste facility, uh, the zero waste production. Yep. And uh, it also gives you a background of how we are producing the, the oil. Okay. And, and their strain. But actually, as, you know, the amazing thing is very few people uh, tend to remember that actually it all started off with the NASA program. That's you know? fascinating. And, that, and, yeah, and we is. were just fortunate to have a scout which ha who had a vision to understand what he was looking at. And Sorry, this just came to my mind. Yeah, but you, sure. You culture the algae yourself as yes, well. Yes, exactly, right? exactly. We were, and, we and were, what is the waste output for the culturing of the algae? Is there any waste output there? Well, the the waste, as I said, is used for cattle feed or biogas production. So it's a zero waste facility. We were talking about this at mm. breakfast this morning, yeah, just sure. myself, and it seems t almost too good to be true. This is huge. I it think is. this this it's is going to change uh, the industry. Yeah. I mean, it is. and we are. Some of the first people reporting on it yeah. in podcast form. It is, so. it is a game changer for sure. It's it's really yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, we are you know we work at GAA, so we are part of these conversations about mm. fish meal, fish oil, and advocating for responsible sourcing and all this stuff. These it comes up a lot. This is a game changer, in my opinion. Yeah, it is, and that's why uh, think about it. We've invested two hundred million dollars into Blair, Nebraska, and that's not just to do business. Yeah. is to disrupt and provide the aquaculture industry with a sustainable solution. Yeah, you change yeah. the seafood world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well said. So here's the, here's the question. What are the downsides? What are the challenges? What are some of the, the roadblocks that you have been hitting or you anticipate to hit moving forward with this? Well, one of the, the, one of the key points is change. Changing, changing mindsets, people's minds, yeah. Yeah. changing yeah. people's mindsets, changing behavior. You know, if you're used to fish meal and fish oil and it's readily available, the the ambition to change, even though you do realize that to grow you need an alternative, that moment of change sometimes it's, it is feel, resisted. It yep. feels like a risk. Yeah. And, and that's in the question every is, industry exactly, as well. Exactly. Well, I saw a quote that exactly. I don't remember who said it, but it said, the, you know, the most dangerous words in the English language are, this is how we've always done it. Exactly, yes. So. 
However, I have to say, in, within this aquaculture industry, within the, the value chain, be it retailers, farmers, etc., you will always find people who understand that change has to happen. Mm -hmm. And they are the early adopters because they've also realized that getting in early gives you a key advantage. Exactly. You learn how to use it, you learn how to apply it, and yep. you can actually be faster. When issues occur with regards to supply of fish oil and, and, and particularly fish meal, those early adopters will have a key advantage. So that's what we're saying. We're, we're, and I have to say, the fundamental change agents, to my opinion, are the retailers. Because they also understand that given that salmon is such an important item on the seafood category that yeah. they have, security of supply of salmon is paramount. So they're actually informing their supply chain or what steps are they taking to ensure security of supply. And this means fundamentally addressing the issue of finite marine resources. I mean, you're not going to grow more fish oil and fish meal from the sea. It's just not yeah. there. Right. So retailers Talk about are the waste output. Exactly. Yeah. So, so retailers, yeah. I find, are the major change items. And in each country we've talked to retailers, I have to say, bar one, everyone has been on board. Well, why, how can you not yeah. be? Exactly, exactly. And they understand the innovative nature of this algal oil. Because think about it, 365 days a year, 24-7, the production of this algal oil is at one specification. It doesn't change like fish oil. Right. It's not seasonal. Yeah. You turn on the tap, you brew the beer, and it comes out it's just great. like it is every day, every hour. It's fantastic. Right? And that's the beautiful thing. So headaches with the formulationists or feed formulationists traditionally have with regards to variability in fish oil, etc., is gone. And that means later on, well, I mean later, not so long time away, but very soon, the variability that you see in omega-3 levels in salmon, because you're able to control it reliably, you'll start to see more claims from retailers about the omega-3 EPA DHA levels in salmon. And that's also been a dilemma for them. They want to promote seafood as healthy. They want to talk to the consumer about omega-3 EPA, but they've never been able to sufficiently guarantee that the level of omega-3 in their salmon on Monday to Thursday to Friday was the same. Yeah. With yeah. this algal oil, they can do it because it gives you control. That's it, right. And, and that's, that's one of the fundamental points that we've seen that retailers have conned on to is finally they can start to think about claims. And from a business perspective, if you can guarantee numbers, that's what people want. Exactly. And getting rid of variability is the name of the game. So that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, again, it's, it's going back to that. This is very innovative, and it's, dotting, it's crossing a lot of T's, dotting a lot of I's. People that get in early are understanding how this is going to revolutionize the industry mm -hmm. and really need to... I'm just glad that we were able to get you to sit down and to hey, thank to you very much. Yeah. Thank you. I have just one more on question here. because um, I imagine that you have an opinion on this. So we ask a lot of people about you know this this argument going back and forth between aquaculture and wild cotton. You know, with you're culturing this algae to create this this oil that um, normally is from a wild caught product. We're we're asking everyone because we're trying to understand why this argument is still a, a thing. Why people are saying wild caught versus aquaculture and the other way around. Just wondering if you have an opinion on that you discussion. Mean, you mean wild caught salmon versus farm salmon, or, or any any seafood really? Um, you know, we talk about it all the time. If you talk to the beef people, they just say eat more beef. If you talk to the chicken yeah. people, they say eat more chicken. If you talk to seafood people, they say eat wild caught or they say eat farm because fish. Because it's good for the industry. To Our job is to increase awareness and to 
boost seafood consumption sure. as a whole. And yeah. the industry seems to struggle with, no, no, you want you want just farm salmon. No, 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 you want wild. There's infighting. And, and, yeah, and, and but everyone we speak to seems to agree that the sides need to come together and just work together to promote more seafood, but we're still not seeing it. So I'm just wondering if you have an opinion on that argument, yeah. be, I, being in the industry. Yeah. For, I would say the key word here is sustainability. Yeah. Yep. So if you're able to source wild catch from sustainable fisheries, I think you're doing the right thing. And sustainable means actually it has to be certified as sustainable. I'm not talking about a desk job right? where you go through a checklist. You have to get out into the ocean, see how yes. the fishing vessels are operating, look at and discuss with fishery scientists to show and ensure that that fishery is truly sustainable. And I think then you're on the right track. And it's the same, que- same word for farming. Farming also has to ensure that it is sustainable. And sustainability for farming means you have to be independent of those finite resources or sure that you have a mitigating action. And this comes down to fish oil. So I think if if both parties address the issue of sustainability and can ensure that they are truly sustainable, it's the right way to go. I agree. Yes. So that's the key word. Yep. I agree. And that's, I would agree. That's yeah, our absolutely. main, that's our, what we do. That's what we're trying to promote. Good. So we really appreciate you coming on the show. And this is the first episode in our seafood innovation series. So we're well, going to be, very much. We're gonna be yeah. highlighting yeah. Some, some of the bigger innovations that are mm-hmm. in the industry, bring them outside the industry so people yeah. that are consumers can have a better understanding of some of the great things that are happening and make them feel more comfortable eating seafood. So we really appreciate Perfect. you coming on. Again, we're with Kareem Kermal. From uh, Veramaris. Oh, sorry. Yep. Hey, that wasn't bad, huh? Good. <laughs> very good. Um, again, thank you so much. And um, Sean, are you okay you very if much. listeners wa- would like to contact you about it? Sure, anything? sure. So, sure. what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? It's a good question. I think the uh, on our website we've got a contact us button. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so, so we'll link to that in the show notes. That's, that'd be yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay, Sean, so, thank you. Justin, yeah, thank you I very much. I really appreciate yeah. your thank time. Thanks, thank everyone, you for much. listening to the Aquademia podcast, and talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Aquademia podcast and our conversation with Kareem from Veramaris. It was super fascinating, and I'm really glad that Aquademia got to be the first podcast to sit down with Veramaris and talk about this innovation. To hear about more innovations in the seafood industry, as well as a whole bunch of other episodes talking about how seafood is related to your life, make sure you subscribe to the Aquademia podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast wherever you listen, and make sure to rate and review on iTunes because that's how the word gets spread. Remember, GAA members get access to a whole lot more content, including the full interviews with our experts, online courses, networking opportunities, and a whole lot more. So make sure you go to www.aquaculturealliance.org membership and become a member today. And if you want to contact us directly, please feel free to email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or call and leave us a voice message. The phone number's in the show notes. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.